If it's not filled with good, it fills up with the negative. Welcome to Parshas HaShavuah with Rabbi Gerari. This Shabbos is Parshas Vayeshev, the story of Yosef HaTzadik, Joseph being sold by his brothers, going down to Egypt, and so on. It's also the Shabbos before Hanukkah. So we bear in mind two things. First of all, the Zohar says that Shabbos mi name is Barachin Kula Yoyma. Shabbos is the day that gives Bracha, blessing to the week ahead. But also the Shalom HaKadosh, the great Kabbalist, tells us a fascinating thing. That when we read a Parsha on a Shabbos, which comes around the festival, the Parsha is always connected to the festival. Which is amazing because it's not designed that way necessarily. Meaning we have, let's say, on Pesach and on Shavuos and on Sukkot, where we don't read the Parsha of the week. We read specific passages to do with the Yontif. But when we just read the normal Parsha, that's just going in order. We just When we finish the one Parsha, we go to the next not at the beginning of the year, and then we end at the end of the year. It's not necessarily designed to be connected to any event or experience during the year. Nevertheless, Hashgacha Pratis, by divine providence, if a Parsha is being read around the Yontif, it must be connected. So let me share with you something on the Parsha, and then connect it to Hanukkah. So in this Parsha, when Yosef comes to his brothers, and they want to, they scheme originally to kill him, and then they decide not to kill him, and they throw him into the pit, the Torah tells us in this week's Pasha, The pit was empty, there was no water. So Rashi, the commentator Rashi, brings and quotes from what the Medrash and the Gomorrah tells us and asks the following question. If it says that the pit was empty, I already know there was no water. The Torah is very careful with each word, with each letter. So therefore, if it says the, the, the pit is empty, why is it necessary to tell us there was no water? And of course, the Gemara gives the answer, Mayim Einboy, because it's clarifying that when the Torah says the, 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 the pit was empty, it doesn't mean it was completely empty. It means it was empty from water. There was no water in it, but there was snakes and scorpions. And very often, this idea is quoted as a lesson for the human mind, as a lesson for the Jewish focus on how we serve Hashem. Our mind is like the pit, and it's never empty. It needs to be either filled with good things, filled with Torah, Haboy Reik, the pit was, the pit was, the pit is empty, empty, if it's empty from water, water is, uh, Torah is compared to water as we know, then what happens is, if there's no Torah in the brain, Nechoshim Va'akravim, there's snakes and scorpions, which of course is a symbol of toxicity and poisonous animals. Now, there's another medrash that says on this particular passage that at that moment, when, the, when, the, when it says a similar thing, but it adds an idea, that at that moment, when they threw Yosef into the pit, the the pit of the elder, the pit of Yaakov, was emptied out, meaning there was no Torah there. Which, of course, is very, very strange because we know the brothers of Yosef were extreme Torah scholars. They were well versed in Torah. Now, of course, not only were they were versed in Torah, but they, they actually had a whole Torah approach to selling Yosef, to, get, to, getting, to eliminating Yosef from the formula of the brothers. They perceived and they, they concluded that he was deserving of capital punishment or to be punished in general because he had wanted to become the king when Yehuda was supposed to become the king and that's, that's rebellion against the king which by Torah law is punishable and so on. 
Okay, so they made a mistake, but it's difficult to say that they were empty of Torah. So what does it actually mean? So let's leave that question for a moment and go to Hanukkah a little bit. And to share the following idea. This particular passage comes from the tractate, comes from the Masechta of Shabbos. It happens to come, it's very interesting, we read it on Parshat Vayeshev and it comes in the Gemara in the discussion about Hanukkah. There's a few pages in Gemara Shabbos which deals with Hanukkah. And over there, there's a law quoted. Um, it says, Dorash Rav Nosan Bar Minyumi, that Rav Nosan, the son of Minyumi, taught in the name of Rav Tanchum. He taught that Hanukkah candles need to be less than 20 amas, 20 cubits, roughly 10 meters. Because you have to be able to notice them, like a sukkah is a similar halacha, and therefore the Hanukkah candles may not be higher, may not be placed higher than 20 amas, 20 cubits. And then the Gemara there continues and says, once we're talking about Rav Kahana who gave uh, a drosha from Rav Nosan Bar Menyumi in the name of Rav Tanchum and so on, we, we quote something else from the same author. And they quote this exact idea. Bahaboy Rake, that the pit was empty and there was no water and there was no water, but there were snakes and scorpions. Now, on a simple level, the reason that these two halachas, these two laws are grouped together is because they're from the same author and often in the Torah Shabbat and the oral law, that's the system. However, nothing's by chance. So what's the connection? Why is this concept placed in the middle of the discussion of the laws of Hanukkah in, in, in the Gemara? And one idea behind this is the following. Because it hints to what brought about the, the experiences of Hanukkah. We know that Hanukkah was a spiritual war. And in a nutshell, it was a spiritual war fought by the um, uh, Greek Syrians against the Jewish people, where they fought not about the existence, they didn't oppose the existence of the Jew. In fact, it's explained in many places, they didn't even, they didn't even um, oppose the, the engagement in Torah study or even performance of some mitzvahs. But they were against the godliness. They wanted to take away the godliness. They wanted people, if they learn Torah, it should be just a rational and academic exercise. They wanted, if anyone does a mitzvah, it should just be a cultural symbol. But they wanted to take away the subservience, the surrender to God, and the recognition that when we learn Torah, we're not learning an academic subject. We're learning the wisdom of Hashem. We're learning something that is spiritual, that it actually transcends the human mind. And God gave us a gift that it came down and it, and it was given to us in a way where even the human mind can grasp something which by definition is godly, which is an amazing idea. He gave us the gift of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are not cultural symbols. Mitzvahs are ways and pathways to connect to, to, to Hashem. Mitzvahs are not just a response to a society and rules that were set in place in a rational way to, for society to function, but rather mitzvahs are connections between us and Hashem. That's what they fought. Now, Torah is compared to many things, but one of the ideas is that we talk about Torah being compared to water. When we say Torah is compared to water, we're actually not necessarily referring to the in, in, intellect of Torah, the intellectual understanding. We're talking about the humility that is needed to learn Torah with the attitude that Torah is the wisdom of Hashem because water is often compared to as a symbol of humility. Just like water um, descends by nature, is poured from a higher place to a lower place, so too we say that Hashem, in His humility, gave us the Torah, sent the Torah down from on high to the human mind, 
Similarly, when we learn Torah, we, as we say in Davening at the end of the Amidah, we say that God should grant us humility, our soul should be like dust. And then we say, please open up my mind to the learning of Torah. Because Torah learning, unlike other academic subjects, Torah learning has a prerequisite, and that prerequisite is humility. Total surrender to Hashem, total surrender to the truth, the holiness, and the godliness of Torah. When we learn Torah in a way that is not humble, we run the risk of distorting the understanding of Torah. Because then we run the risk of inserting just our own logic and our own rationale into the process without the respect for the godliness and the truth of the foundations and axioms that the Torah brings with us, and then we end up distorting the halacha, we end up distorting the, the, the interpretation of the Torah because we have disconnected God from his own Torah. And that's the connection to the idea of Hanukkah. What happened in Hanukkah is that they wanted to take the mind, they wanted to take the water away from the Torah, they wanted to take the humility, the surrender to Hashem, the belief in the, in the godliness of Torah, they wanted to take it away from Torah, and of course, when that happens, the pit becomes empty and then it empties out and in its place comes something that is completely toxic. It might even be the study of Torah, but it's a complete distortion of the understanding of Torah because it lacks the godly connection. Coming back to the Parsha, this is in fact what happened to the brothers. Of course, they were Torah scholars. But what the Medrash is referring to is that on their level, in an extreme subtle way, of course, because they were great tzaddikim, somehow on a very, very subtle and nuanced level, they were lacking the humility in their Torah study, which led them to come to an erroneous conclusion that they were meant to sell Yosef into slavery. That was because of Haboy Reik, the water became empty, the, the pit became empty from, from water, and the Medrash said that at that moment, Yaakov's pit of Torah was emptied out, not from knowledge of Torah, but from this, the perfect humility that was necessary in order to understand and teach and conclude the right conclusions in the Torah study. That's what it means when they, that's why when they sold him the Haboy Reik, that, that pit became empty of the water, just similar to Hanukkah, which of course was a much obvious and much more um, um, extreme way, but similar idea that when Torah lacks that mayim, it lacks the water, lacks the humility, in its place comes a toxic experience. I want to take this opportunity to wish everyone a good Shabbos, but also a Hanukkah Sameach, a wonderful Hanukkah. All the best.